welcome to the Web Policy Talk podcast recorded live at the Impact and Policy Research Institute Impri New Delhi Namaste and good evening everyone. I Ritika Gupta, Assistant Director at IMFRI, Impact and Policy Research Institute, Prabha Vevam Meeti, Anasandhan Sanstan. Extend my heartiest welcome to you all to IMFRI hashtag Web Policy Talk. We are here for a book discussion on the Rog Bahas and the other stories by Mr. Ameya Prabhu. The, the, I would now like to welcome our moderator for today, Dr. Simi Mehta, who is CEO and Editorial Director at IMFRI. Sure. Thank you, Ritika, for leading us into the big book discussion today. Good evening to everyone. Uh, on behalf of IMPRI, I welcome you and wish you a very good evening. I sincerely hope and wish the best of health for each of you, your loved ones, and everyone around you. Today, we'll converse with Amya Prabhu, who is out with his debut book, The Rock Babas and Other Stories, published by Westland Books, a subsidiary of Amazon. I would like to take this opportunity to introduce to you Mr. Amya Prabhu. Amya Prabhu is an entrepreneur and managing director of Nafa Capital Advisors Private Limited. He's also a partner in UAP Advisors LLP, which is a financial services, principal investment and strategic advisory firm focused on India and other emerging markets. He is also the managing director of the New Age Financial Advisors Private Limited, which is a joint venture with IFCO, which is the world's largest farmers cooperative organization. Recently, Mr. Amia has been designated as a young global leader by the World Economic Forum. His expertise lies in nurturing, building, financing, and growing early and growth stage businesses. He holds a Bachelor's of Science degree in Economics, Politics, and International Studies from the University of Warwick and a Master of Science degree in Financial Management from IE Business School, Madrid. Mr. Amia is a member and director at Miracle Feed Foundation, a global movement to treat clubfoot among children. He's also on the board of the Climate Group. He's also the vice chairperson of Konkan Kridha Prabodhini, an NGO focused on sports development and trustee of Manav Sadhan Vikasanstha, which is an NGO which is dedicated to skill training and skill development in women. And most of all, Mr. Amya is the author of the book, The Rock Babas and Other Stories, and a published writer and columnist whose writings have been published by well-known media outlets such as the Huffington Post. So firstly, and importantly, heartiest congratulations to you, Mr. Prabhu, on this feat of yours. And we hope that, and we hope and wish that this is just the beginning in your writing journey. I'm thank almost you. through, thank you. No, no. I'm almost through with reading this wonderful, superbly fascinating book of yours. And I'm so impressed with your literary flair and penchant for writing. Congratulations uh, to you. So welcome, uh, Mr. Prabhu. Um, uh, I, would, I would begin with, um, begin my discussion with you on the, fact that writing is writing a book is often a very solitary affair. Given your enormous number of preoccupations, I would like to know how were you able to balance your personal, professional and writing life? And also if you could briefly talk about your book and then we'll get on a conversation on different aspects of it. Over to you. 
thank you uh, so much uh, uh, dr simi utta ji and thank you arjun kumar ji and thank you to all the people at impri for having me here today and uh, firstly i think we are all facing a difficult time in india with covid and uh, i my i would like to say that my heart and my uh, good wishes and my you know all the positivity that i can conjure up goes to each and every person right now and their families who are suffering and it is a difficult time for us but i'm certain that uh, with grit and fortitude we will come through it and uh, that's one of the main themes also in the book that i have focused on and uh, so again thank you so much for having me here and uh, thank you cmg for that uh, introduction of mine uh, you asked about uh, writing being a solitary affair and it's almost like uh, you knew how solitary i was when i wrote the book because i was actually to this was the, i wrote the book about a year ago when i was in mumbai during the lockdown so i was uh, in uh, you know i live in mumbai but i was in my apartment all alone my family at the time was in delhi and for about two months i was stuck in bombay in mumbai and uh, so i uh, so literally i was all alone in an apartment you know because of the national lockdown so literally it was an extremely solitary affair for me writing the book because i had no interaction with any other human being and uh, it's almost like one of those uh, stories that you hear about a man being stranded on an island and you know he does something or you know i i was reading about uh, arthur wells who used to you know lock himself up in the golf face hotel in sri lanka for months at a time and finish his books so uh, i think uh, sorry arthur c clark not arthur wells arthur c clark and uh, so i think uh, you know i think it's somewhat similar so for me it was an extremely solitary affair you know writing my book but you know i think in a way the previous lockdown uh, uh, you know when i was faced with it i think it depends upon how you react to it a lot of people at the time were like oh my normal life has been uh, completely uh, you know shattered and you know how do i deal with it and as you said um, my professional and personal lives are quite busy because i do divide it up between work family and of course also my charitable endeavors and that actually doesn't give me didn't actually give me enough time to pursue my passion that was writing and so of course i used to write articles i used to write uh, uh, you know news articles maybe poems or maybe you know short format uh, uh, you know short format content which could be done in a few hours a book of this size which is while they are short stories it's over 300 pages long so it does take uh you know i i finished it within 3 months but it does take a dedicated effort over time to write a book of this length so uh, you're right i think when you are uh, when things are open when you know when you are all the way always out dealing with work you know and as you know we indians are very social people so we have a lot of social commitments family commitments friendly commitments of course my commitment towards my charitable endeavors so of course it was it would have it was would have been very difficult for me uh, to write had it not been so for the previous lockdown and i think in a way uh, i did try to make the best use of the time then and uh, even uh, to be honest in the in the middle when everything was open again i got back into the old uh, uh, i would say uh, uh, you know way of life and again now that things are again under lockdown i am seeing myself writing more uh, again so i think in a way uh, time is the greatest luxury we have and i think mm-hmm. we we should all realize that Uh, the one the one commodity we never get back is time you know you can make money you can lose money you mm-hmm. can you know you can you know argument something material can always come back you know you mm-hmm. buy a house you sell a house mm-hmm. you buy a laptop you sell a laptop but 
the time that you have used will never ever come back you know so mm-hmm. and i think that's why one thing which you know philosophically i really believe in is whatever time that we have sometimes we always complain oh i have so much time on my hands i think we should actually be happy that we have time on our hands because that is our greatest asset right. and we have to make the best use of that time and uh, i do hope that i feel i feel that i did and of course and that time can be done pursuing a hobby spending time with loved ones or maybe even spending time with yourself because you know sometimes i feel we spend time with the whole world but mm-hmm. we don't spend enough time with ourselves you know and in a way uh, that's why you know i meditate uh, twice a day and mm-hmm. one thing which i always say is that the only time we close our eyes is to sleep but when we are awake our eyes are always open but actually we should close our eyes when we are awake as well and look inwards because our entire life is spent looking outwards towards you know and when so we don't actually look inwards into us to introspect to think and to also you know a certain how good or how bad or let's say or let's say are we content and happy with ourselves you know and some of these themes have also found uh, you know uh, i would say resonance in the book that i've written uh, you uh, the book the rock babas and other stories is a book of nine short stories mm-hmm. and uh, the main of course title story being the rock babas and uh, each of these stories are based in a different part of the world uh, and they're actually based all over the world you have and people from various religions you have people from various communities various races so you have hindu characters muslim characters you have buddhist characters you have african american characters you have colombian characters and the reason why i wanted to create this diversity in my characters in my locales in my positioning and uh, you know strong male characters strong female characters is because i wanted to showcase a common theme that ultimately we are all one you know ultimately we are all human ultimately we are all born we go through the travels of life and one day we depart this planet and the but the key question is all of us are faced with challenges all of us are faced with hurdles the question is how do we overcome those hurdles do we get bowed down and sorry do we get cowed down by those hurdles or do we overcome them and triumph over them you know are we going mm-hmm. are we going to be a lion in life or are we going to be a sheep that runs away you know so i think that is something which uh, is the theme with the book has and of course that is the undercurrent of the theme there's also a strong theme of spirituality which goes through it and uh, so yeah so i mean there are nine short stories and i guess through the conversation we have today we'll definitely delve over some of them and some of the sure. themes which come into these stories yes. and uh, and i would like to of course thank westland my publisher mm-hmm. and uh, you know westland is a 100% subsidiary of amazon and we've been retailing both in bookstores and at amazon but unfortunately due to the lockdown the bookstores mm-hmm. haven't been able to you know uh, be open as long as they would like to so usually when i'm on these platforms i always tell people please go to the bookstores and support them but i think this is the one time i'll be like please stay at home but once things normalize do go to the bookstores because we also need to support these businesses you know who That's have amazing. been stood the test of time and i think mm-hmm. you know while digital is great while everything online is great but i think we need to support businesses such as bookstores such as your corner shops and i think that's something which once things normalize i would highly recommend all viewers to also do absolutely absolutely yeah thank you so much for that uh, wonderful and brief introduction about the book and uh, yes so taking from there uh, you know uh, i because i've read the book so all the short stories have philosophical undertones to them you bring out the inevitability of challenges during one's lifetime and how one reflects on one's past and attempts to undo the past mistakes and wrongdoings as a sense of atonement 
either for personal contentment or to go down in the annals of history as a dedicated patriot. You know, I draw this from your own, uh, from your first story about the aging uh, Japanese billionaire, uh, Takahashi Watanabe, uh, who is estranged with her, from his daughter. And he donates his fortune to a charity in order to, uh, you know, reconnect with, with his daughter. And also the second part um, is about the third story, the memoirs of a dictator, uh, of a fictional country, which, uh, which you have so wonderfully uh, described, which is located in sub-Saharan Africa. So my question is that at such a young age with so many hats on, what makes you so philosophical and the spiritual underpinnings that are reflected in your, uh, in your stories? Would you like to share some personal anecdotes that make you a firm believer in the goodness of humanity? Because just now you mentioned that at the end of the day, we are all human. And um, it is very important to showcase this hum human aspect uh, because of uh, so much of intolerance, so much of uh, racial discrimination and all sorts of negativity around in, in our society and the world at large. So if you could throw some light on that. Thank you so much. Sure. I think that's a very good question that you've raised. And I think uh, thank you firstly for reading the book and asking you know, such uh, pertinent questions. And I hope do hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, but, I did. You know, I, thank, I, you. I, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, I think, uh, firstly, uh, let's, you know, I think there are a few questions in there, so I'll try and address them one by one. So I think, firstly, say the accidental philanthropist about the Japanese billionaire, who is, as you know, is very wealthy and successful, but not very loved, and uh, also estranged from his daughter, generally estranged from life, but very successful. And as he's turning 75, faced with a terminal diagnosis, you know, he's, he does a health checkup, and it, it says that, you know, he's not going to live very long he decides to donate his entire fortune to charity. And when he does that, suddenly he becomes popular, suddenly he becomes loved, he's close to his daughter again. And as you know, uh, in the story, there's a catch because uh, what happens is it turns out later on that he's actually not going to die because, you know, there's a misdiagnosis and he's going to live very long. And the story, of course, is now he wants his money back, but he also doesn't want to lose this newfound love and connection that he has. And of course, the rest of the story deals with what he does and what he decides, right? So I think... If you see the themes that play out here, the player it one one thing is material versus love, you know, which is love is intangible, you know. I mean, let's say the, the love is something which one uh, you know feels, feels for the family, feels for your you know your pet, feels for your I mean for any everyone around you. It can be anyone who you feel a connection with, and that is not tangible. Whereas material wealth is very tangible, and a lot of us are caught with the whole materiality of things, and that's what I just addressed earlier as well is that everything we do is outside, you know, is always external, material, wealth, position. But none of us actually look at inside and the things that make us happy or really satisfy us. You know, the, the unconditional love of a daughter, the true feeling of being loved by the people or unknown people that you help. And all of us today in the country are helping unknown people in some way or the other. So that feeling of satisfaction when the person you, who's hel you are helping won't even know that you're helping him. And that is true selfless service, right? So in a way, the greatest triumph of selfless service over material possessions is something which, let's say, Watanabe gets, but does he, is he evolved enough as a soul? Is he evolved enough as a person to realize that selfless service far outweighs material possessions is something which that book addresses or that story addresses, right? And of course, it's a humorous story. So now, you know, while the themes might be heavy, the delivery is very light. You know, I think... Uh, uh, that that's what I would you know I would like to say. There's no point you know 
I think I've made the book a fun book. I've tried to keep it uh, entertaining and uh, and convey the messages subtly. And again, yes. going back to memoirs of a dictator, you know, I'm a very staunch anti-colonialist, you know, mm. and you, both you and uh, Junji coming from JNU, mm. uh, 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 you, mm. you will echo with that theme. That I'm very, you know, I think colonialism was a, uh, literally a crime against humanity. And I think mm. what happened there was very wrong. And mm. we are still bearing the brunt of it. Uh, and, uh, and I feel personally, you know, I visit Africa very often. And of course, I don't try not to use Africa as a general term because mm. Africa is 54 countries, but I do yes. like to travel throughout very often. And, mm. uh, and so for me, I feel very, and I've, I've been to the villages and all over the, all over the, you know, in, in, in the interior parts of the countries, such as Zimbabwe, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda, mm. South Africa, you know, Mozambique, mm. etc., Zambia. And I, you know, I feel very connected with the continent, but I still see how the whole, interplay of the tribes and how post-colonialism has actually created chaos there, you know, and, and mm. that chaos still reigns today. And in a way, I wanted to showcase, you know, because we do talk about this archetypal, you know, African dictator, you know, mm. so we, I created a, you know, like a fictional country and a fictional uh, dictator. And, you know, but if you see, he also starts off very well-intentioned. Mm. You know, he starts mm. off as a patriot. He starts off as a simple person born in a fishing village on the banks of the Zambezi River and how through life, as he goes through the situations that he encounters, how he changes, you know, in terms of, you know, his ability. And, but again, at the same time, he himself does not think he's doing wrong. He genuinely believes that what he is doing, maybe he's fooling himself, yeah. maybe he's living in a false world, maybe mm -hmm. is actually good for the country, even though there is terror and destruction around him. So the memoirs of a dictator is actually an autobiography written by him, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of, the way he perceives mm -hmm. himself and the way and, and I think that that's the theme which we want to do that sometimes while thinking we are doing good, we actually may not be doing good. So it's also important again to go back to what I said is closer and introspect that are my actions actually causing something positive for society or for my country or for my, uh, you know, uh, people. And this is something I, you know, deeply can care about and love. So that is something which, you know, which, which was, and of course, there's a very strong anti-colonial theme. And in some ways, you know, this dictator is himself the victim, you know, mm. this, uh, uh, because he is he's a product of the system, which has been in the post-colonial world in this sub-Saharan African countries. So mm. that's on that. And you asked me about spirituality and, you know, uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, personally for me, uh, growing up, you know, I think, uh, I did, uh, you know, like any teenager, fare my sh share of challenges and, you know, and uh, existentiality does come up as well, thinking that, you know, what is our role on earth? What is our time on earth? What do we need to do? And from, from, and of course, there are a multitude of challenges. You know, I think, as I said, as you said, very beautifully, challenges are inevitable. What is important is our reaction to it. You know, do we get cowed down by them or do we decide to fight and keep fighting? Because I think that's very important for us to go out with a very positive bent of mind and keep conquering the challenges that come towards us. So for me, spirituality helped me a lot with that, helped me give tremendous amounts of fortitude in dealing with it and create, I, I personally expunge all negativity that comes into me as much as possible and create a positive demeanor. No matter how difficult the situation is, I look upon it positively. And that's the other message that the book brings out. You know, I think in many ways, mm. the book does bring out my thoughts. So mm. it is a message of positivity and hope. You know, and I think, 
as they say ki hope is the most powerful thing that drives the world you know mm. it's not if the, without hope we have nothing hope mm. is actually a fuel that drives us every mm. day so that's the message which you know we are trying to bring out through the book and through the story absolutely um definitely the message of hope is really loud and clear in throughout all your stories here and uh, plus i was very uh, um, impressed by the way that uh, this uh, um, dictator has mentioned that uh, his mother was uh, the most influential person in his life he has, uh, she influenced her uh, him uh, him throughout his life so uh, this is very important to bring out you know personal um, affection and personal inspirations that actually made him the person that he was well uh, what history made him and how he was able to communicate to his people and what was going to happen to him that is a different story but definitely the personal uh, inspiration uh, from your own family members makes a lot of difference uh, to the youth to the young people who are in their growing age etc so that was really beautifully captured thank you so much thank you thank you uh, so uh, you know i am a bit intrigued about the title of the book uh, wherein the rock babas comes towards the end of the book and what made you put this as the title of the book while not having it as the first story like you know the it could it could perhaps be uh, the accidental philanthropist and other stories uh, so uh, if you could respond to that sure. so you know so of course uh, the uh, you know I, so as i'm the writer and the uh, placement and the you know the chronology of the stories was a editorial call editorial call so okay. that's something which my editors decided and they uh, but you know i think the reason so you know the rock baba's story just to uh, go into it for a couple of minutes so it starts off with a swiss hotel it starts off in kathmandu in nepal with the swiss hotelier called helmut kaufman who's very successful western you know hotelier and uh, and he is very european and he looks a bit down upon asian and you know i mean basically uh, uh, cultures of uh, of the east of the orient as they would call it mm-hmm. another theme which sorry which is very strong in all my stories is i have really spoken up for the indigenous and the native people of the mm-hmm. world you know be it american indians or sorry native americans mm-hmm. uh, uh, or be it uh, uh the uh, uh you know the various tribal uh, uh in in, in sub saharan africa mm-hmm. or in in the case of this story the limbu people of uh, the uh, uh, in the taplejung area of mm-hmm. nepal so uh, you know so while he go he's he's come to nepal to climb the kanchenjunga and he goes east and throughout he's going east he's hearing fables and stories which are the local tales of the area about how kanchenjunga is the mighty goddess we call her sevalangma and i've tried to also focus on a lot of climate related themes you know in, into this and he keeps deriding these things as local fables or tales and of course while he's climbing he gets caught in an avalanche uh, everything goes dark he loses his party i mean his climbing party and then he wakes up and he finds himself in this cave and he goes out and there's this massive thing and he actually finds out that he's in as the story progresses he's in the uh, uh, he's in the ashram of the the secret ashram no one knows where mm-hmm. it is he was rescued by them he's in the secret ashram of the rock babas the rock babas in the book are are a uh, you know monks are a, a community of monks who mm-hmm. uh, play rock music and connect with the higher spirit that there is or higher you know the higher essence in, in the world and then of course the book is the rest of the story is about his life with them so uh, to be honest the uh, the short answer i give you give you a very long answer the short answer to your question is 
I really like the name, you know, the Rock Babas. You know, I think each of the titles for the stories were personally chosen by me. Uh, you know, but uh, the accidental philanthropist, or be it the memoirs of Anpao, or the man with the beard. But I really liked uh, the title, the Rock Baba. So I, th- you know, it was a long debate as to what to call the book. Do we give it something generic? Do we give it something? And finally, I just said one day, you know what? I'm just going to call it the Rock Babas and other stories because. And then you know they made a pretty cool, uh, uh, you know, yeah. uh, they made a pretty cool uh, cover, cover as well. And uh, you also have it on my T-shirt here. So that's, that's I think uh, it, it was a great, I mean, to be honest, great job done by my publishers and designers. I'm very, very, uh, uh, you know, very, very uh, lucky that I've had such a great team with me. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, great to know about the story that went behind this uh, entire story. Uh, so, yes, as you mentioned, Rock Babas is essentially the monks uh, in the Himalayas seeking to attain enlightenment and uh, Nirvana through rock music. Uh, have you, and in fact, you have also, uh, you know, pointed out the famous song of ACDC and uh, Let's Be On Our Way to the Promised Land. Uh, so that is uh, very interesting and beautifully uh, placed as well. So I would like to know, have you been a music person yourself? Because music for many is a solace to the soul, which also opens up enormous scope for realization of one's aspirations. Um, so if you'd like to respond to that. Sure. So I, I do like music, and uh, I uh, but unfortunately I've ne- I never learned to play an instrument. Though there was a summer where I had a brief flirtation with learning how to play the guitar, but other than that, uh, I've never. I mean, I should have. It's one of my regrets, and maybe I will now because I'm still you know, a whole life ahead of me. Yes. But I do like music, uh, you know, and for me. It, but again, I think music has been something which. For me, it really, I, I like a wide array of music, you know, I think at one end of the spectrum, I do like rock, classic rock, especially 70s and uh, you know, 60s, 70s, maybe early 80s rock. I love jazz, you know, I, I think jazz music is very soothing. I love listening to jazz. Again, the classic, you know, uh, John Coltrane, Miles Davis uh, sort of jazz, but even some of the modern uh, acid jazz. I really like listening to old Hindi songs, you know, I think I was raised on that by my mother. So like Kishore Kumar, Geeta Dutt, uh, even uh, to a, you know, Mukesh and mm-hmm. uh, Mohammed Rafi and uh, all of that. Uh, you know, I, I really like uh, listening to those. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I mean, I, I would say I, would, I know those songs by heart more than some of the newer songs, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, uh, but of course, and again, I, I, I also do like uh, uh, music in different languages. I think mm-hmm. it's also very interesting mm-hmm. because it helps you understand the culture, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I think Music, in a way, speaks no language. In a way, it does. The words do, but the music mm. doesn't. So mm. it's a great way to connect with people. Mm. And uh, finally, I, I do find, I mean, as I grow older, I, I, my mother has been introducing me to uh, lots of the, uh, again, Hindustani classical, you know, taking me to see, listen to Ustad Amjad Ali Khan and some of our, uh, you know, great musicians. And I'm enjoying, so I know for me, it's, it's, uh, it's a great way. So I'm a writer. So for me, my creative output is writing, but maybe the input in some ways is music, you know, so uh, I think uh, it's a very, very, so I want to do again, one story was on music, which is yes. uh, the rock purpose. Yes. Amazing. That's really fascinating to know. Um, yes. So uh, could you take a, take some moment and do a reading on your, on the part of the book that you like the most and uh, help us know about it i mean why have you chosen that particular section which you're talking about uh, yes. sure 
So I'll do a short reading from uh, one of my stories. Uh, it's called mm. uh, The Manifestations of Anpao. Mm. Uh, and again, uh, just first to put a short background of the story. And, you know, I know mm. Impri also deals very closely with uh, the U.S. And of course, you are yourself a mm. U.S. studies, uh, you know, a doctorate in U.S. studies. So uh, I also feel that, you know, when I look at India, you know, we've to, next year will be our 75th year of being independent from British rule. And uh, when I look at India, I always look at it as a young United States, you know, because we are a federal country, it's very similar to the US. We are staunch believers in democracy. You know, we are, you know, we have uh, strong democratic roots in our country. Of course, they have a presidential system, well, we have a, a, a parliamentary system. But uh, I think uh, we we face a lot of this, lot of similar challenges. So I, I do you know, follow US politics. I do look at America as, I mean, the United States of America as, uh, so I study a lot. And of course, some of their issues such as racial inequality with the African-American, mm. which of course I've covered in Agent Holder. Mm. Also yes. one thing which I feel doesn't get spoken about as much is the fact that the situation of the Native Americans in the US mm. or the ones who actually are from that land, you know, yes. unlike what mm. uh, the previous president said about immigrants, everyone except the Native Americans are immigrants in the United States, you know. Mm. So the idea of the story was, uh, of course, covered other themes, but the strong mm. undercurrent was uh, was also Native Americans. So the story, of course, as you know, is about an actor called Bill Jackson, William Jackson, you know, Bill Jackson, who's a character actor like uh, Daniel Day Lewis in the U.S. or Amir Khan closer to India in a closer home, who goes so deep into his character that he can't get out of the character. And uh, uh, sorry, so I mean, eventually, so he goes so deep into his character that he becomes the character during the filming of the of the movie. And as you go deeper, you realize that uh, he uh, has, you know, he's had a Native American shaman who's been guiding him, and who tried to help him overcome his inner demons. Because the idea of the of the story was that uh, uh, everyone in, inside us has the power to do good or the power to do bad. You know, we, we, all of us have positive and negative inside us. Like, like in a way, the memoir, the predictator, he tried to start doing positive, but eventually he decided maybe why not even look the other way. So I think all of, none of us are black or white. All of us are gray, you know, and all of us have the ability to do both. And because of his inner demons, he had, he had visited a shaman who then gives him an ability to detach from his negative character. But he ends up instead using that to, for his acting and go deep into a character. And finally, during the course, and he's a phenomenal actor, but as you know, during the course of his acting, he comes across a very dark, twisted character, you know, which is uh, called the chemist in the book about someone who's trying to create a global nihilistic event. And in a way, when he starts playing that character, he goes so deep into it and he relates with it so much because his own inner demons start coming out that he can no longer get out of his character and he starts becoming that character, you know. So, he's no, so he starts losing his personality and becoming that person. So in a way, this story is also my ode to uh, one of my favorite short stories or favorite books as a child, which was Robert Louis Stevenson's uh, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And it's also my little interpretation of what could have happened to uh, the late Heath Ledger when he was shooting The Dark Knight, again, playing a very dark character with uh, the Joker. So we'll do a short reading from the story. Uh, this uh, uh, is towards the... Uh, end of the uh, of the story and uh, uh, it's towards the uh, end of the story so we'll start there 
Bill's behavior became increasingly erratic. While he was the ideal professional on set, he would he would disappear into the desert every night and return to the hotel the following morning none the worse for none none worse for the weather. So this is page 54 in case anyone is interested. His dietary habits changed remarkably. The avowed vegan and teetotaler started consuming copious amounts of red meat and began drinking every day. This came as a surprise to to those around him but given how it seemed to help him in amplifying his performance they turned a blind eye. Bill also became irregular with his daily ritual of calling Emma and would Emma is his daughter and Emma and would sometimes skip for several consecutive days corresponding with the time that he would be in an uh, he would be in an extended hallucinogenic hallucinogenic haze. His daughter felt broken by her father's wanton disregard for her well-being. Seeing Emma's shattered state, Sarah confronted William on his unstable behavior and asked him to mend his ways and threatened him with a separation otherwise. It was hence a particularly tumultuous time for Bill Jackson as he prepared to shoot the final scene of the movie. According to the amended script, the chemist, which is the character that he's playing, according to the, the, the chemist after being universally derided for his genocidal actions, would flee from his pursuers and surreptitiously wander into the desert to evade justice. Following the collapse of his nihilistic designs, his apocalyptic plan having been thwarted by the heroic efforts of the protagonist, he would con contemplate the next course of action. The chemist would be torn between the idea of committing suicide or soldiering on in a new avatar to realize his warped vision of a utopian society. He would then ingest the juice extracted from the peyote cactus and after a brief interlude be rendered unconscious and presumed dead the movie would then flash into the near future and showcase daily normal life in a busy western city life would have seemingly returned to normal when suddenly despite having been previously vaccinated people would suddenly start showing symptoms similar to those of the chemist virus Bill delivered yet another stellar performance as he wrapped up his shoot schedule emoting deeply and showcasing the pain of a flawed genius he was a broken man and yet one who still demonstrated flashes of the unyielding spirit and harbored hopes of resurrection the entire cast and crew of the movie gave him a standing ovation and were certain that they had had the privilege of witnessing one of the great performances in the history of cinema Bill retired to his room and began preparing to revert to his own persona after which he would fly back to New York and be reunited with his family. So this and just if you I'm have sorry. to ask me uh, this is actually my favorite story uh, mm -hmm. the manifestations of one power. Mm -hmm. It's one which I feel I really like and you know it deals with stuff which all of us go through you know the mm -hmm. challenges between good and evil which and the battle takes place within us you know the battle is is whatever battles are external are actually manifestations of the battles that are going on within our mind you know mm. so that's what we believe in so the in a way it also speaks about the power of mind and for it to overcome uh, uh, good versus uh, evil right absolutely i totally agree to it and that was a beautiful passage that uh, you chose and uh, some you know moments i was getting goosebumps when he was trying and uh, internally he was trying to fight it out so very beautiful thank you so much 
Thank you. So, so I was also, you know, well, this, uh, I, I was thinking of putting it at towards the end, but I'm feeling, I'm getting a feeling that um, the entire, uh, the un entire underpinnings of this book is so amazing that we could, you know, the, the uh, school administrators or perhaps the publishers at the school level, um, you know, at class 10 or 12 level, they could have uh, excerpts from your book for the students because this actually gives a lot of uh, inspiration to be good, to do good and uh, face their in, you know, inner self in a way that uh, they, could, they could become better human beings. Uh, or even at uh, at uh, the undergrad level, so this could definitely be a very good addition to it. So uh, thank you so much. That's very kind of you. You know, and you know one of the reasons I wanted to write mm -hmm. is I think one thing we all have to face with is our mortality. You know, mm -hmm. but the power of creation creativity, you know, is I mean a piece of art that was made two thousand years ago, you know, or a cave painting or a sculpture made thousands of years ago, you know, you look at the pyramids, they are 5,000 years old. They way outlast what is being done by any human, you know, or, or what. So in a way, if my writings can, you know, uh, inspire others or mm -hmm. can even help one person decide that I won't be depressed, I'll be happy. I won't be negative, I'll be positive. Mm -hmm. And I will face life bravely mm -hmm. and, you know, and gives them this. So even if it makes one, make changes one person, I think more than any publishing numbers or sales numbers, I think that would be the real success of my book. Right, right. Absolutely. I totally agree to it. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. So uh, again, taking cue from your uh, last points that you've just made, a central feature that runs through all the short stories is about the human character, the fragilities and the resilience. And the, this is true for people across the length and breadth of the world. In fact, it is evident from the geographical coverage of your short stories. Colombia, uh, Africa, um, Nepal, you know, it's, it's wide spanning. So th this trait, I believe, has a lot of bearing upon the prevailing health crisis. So I want to ask you uh, your push factors, your inspiration to pen down this book on this theme. Uh, was it there at the back of your mind for quite some time and COVID lockdown just gave you the opportune moment? Uh, and how long did it take to frame the characters, the plot, et cetera, before you could actually begin writing? Sure. Uh, you know, so um, uh, I always, you know, I, I, let me just take a step back and, you know, uh, so I, when I was thinking of writing, I thought that instead of writing a long form novel, let's mm -hmm. say a long 300, 400 page novel, I thought, why not break it down into stories? And the reason for that is if you see today, people are preferring to watch episodes of a OT, on an OTT platform of a show, hmm. 40 minutes, 45 minutes, rather than a two hour or three hour movie. You know? So similarly, because anyway, reading has gone down. People hmm. are preferring to watch things. So hmm. when you want a reader to be engaged, the idea was, can I convey a story in 25 to 30 or maximum 35 pages? And then the next story, the person does, does not have to remember bookmark Dala, Ni Dala, what have I done? So hmm. he can hmm. then, or he or she can then go to the next story. So in a way, I chose the short story format, which, mm. by the way, is not a format that is very popular, you know, mm. or, or even liked by publishers. So it was a bit of a risk for me to do that. But I decided to take the risk is because I believe that the world will move towards people reading shorter stories, which pack the same message of a longer mm. story. So that was mm. the reason. So, yes, I wanted to write short story. Mm. We, uh, some of these thoughts, uh, I would mm. say, 
the rock babas for example mm. or say mm. uh, memoirs of a dictator you know i mean when i'm traveling or when i mean these thoughts just come to me and i uh, jot it down on my phone on my notes mm. and be like mm. you know okay fine it's pretty nice you know just mm. and but when i finally sat down to write which was in a way forced upon me by the lockdown so when i was stuck in bombay with the lockdown i was thinking ki okay now i'm in mumbai what do i do and uh, so i said why not write the book so that's how you know it started and uh, so you know i'm very lucky that when i you know so of course i drew do a brief outline but i'm very lucky that i sometimes you know i th- I, i do feel that it's uh, it's it's literally uh, you know i mean i would sometimes feel it go you know it's that the energy around me writing through me because you know when you talk to sometimes a sports person they're like you know I, or a batter when i was batting i didn't realize what i was doing similarly mm-hmm. when i'm writing sometimes i do feel that the words flow through me so yes i i while i make a plot outline sometimes mm-hmm. that does change as i write and i was writing a story on an average of 7 to 12 13 days a story you know some were wow. shorter some were longer wow. uh, some were quite fast so and sometimes of course you do have creative blocks and and mm-hmm. some stories need a lot of research you know let's mm-hmm. say agent holder if you see so i have never fired a gun in my life so i don't even know what a bullet looks like but when i had to do the re- i had to do a lot of research for uh, the if you see because it's about a murder and and a murder investigation that he does so i had to do a lot of research on different guns different how what how ballistics work different bullets you know what the point 33 means you know in terms of so i don't so I, i spent a lot of time on actually doing research on forensics for that story and uh, in terms of uh, so so some of the stories required more research such as mm-hmm. agent told actually required a lot of research especially on the forensics and mm-hmm. i do think that the if you see the way he finally cracks the case mm-hmm. i do think that there's i mean uh, uh, let's say it might be a page but trust me like hours and hours and hours of research went into writing that one page probably more than say 20 pages of another story you know Absolutely. so i think it's probably the story i had to work the hardest on mm-hmm. you know the uh, Uh, agent holder in terms of research and of course each and every locale if you see like mm-hmm. uh, be it the state of georgia and the us mm-hmm. or be it province of magdalena or cartagena mm-hmm. in colombia mm-hmm. or be it uh, and i mean which have been thoroughly researched you know in, you know or even the whole thing on the uh, uh, kanchenjunga base camp and the climb up to kanchenjunga they have been very heavily researched uh, as well and so, which is by the way a lot tougher than creating something right so for me it was a lot easier creating the fictional nation of swaganda in africa where yes. the uh, uh, you know the dictator, dictator. comes from uh, mm-hmm. for me that was a lot easier because i could you know actually make up something mm-hmm. whereas when it's an actual place you have to be very accurate you know mm-hmm. you cannot so and and i think at least factually i've tried to maintain as much factual accuracy as possible so that did mm-hmm. take a lot of time but luckily i finished the book in 3 months and then another That's few amazing. months for negotiations with publishers etc yes. so but of course i just realized it's now i mean a year ago i was busy writing my book wow wow maybe next year we'll be discussing your next book this time uh, let's see hopefully <laughs> thank you thank you for those uh, background it is actually very interesting because you know at, on the face of it the book is just amazing but we need to know the person who is writing behind it and what uh, what were the challenges what were the reasons etc and so uh, this conversation is really uh, helping me uh, you know navigate through this so thank you very much um 
my next question to you is about the undercurrent of the book. Again, I'm coming to the humanity part where one's inner self is more connected uh, with the positivity, creativity, and then it is resonating to do something fruitful, not just for oneself, but for the society at large. Uh, I see this as a reflection of you uh, as part, as apart from being a successful person in the field of finance and so many other professions that you're engaged in, but you're also committed to the cause of women's economic emancipation, for example, environmental development, etc. So were these personal traits the reason for the humane underpinnings of your book? You know, so ultimately, you know, as an author or as any creative person, whatever you do uh, mm -hmm. does reflect a bit of yourself, you know, I mean, in the themes, I mean, of course, each and every, to be, a lot of people asked me, were the characters inspired by real people? I said, mm -hmm. no, all of them were actually sad, sad. Sorry to say they were all completely made up, you know. Of course, <laughs> they, maybe they were, uh, there are elements of certain people. So, especially in this, uh, in the, again, coming back to the memoirs of a dictator story, yes. there are elements of several people, you know, historical people yes. throughout, and not just from Africa, from all around the world in, mm -hmm. in that character. But uh, none of the characters are real, but the mm -hmm. themes do reflect what I feel. You know, I think uh, the theme of say environment on the environment, for example. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you're talking about the Kanchenjunga, so you have to realize why are fables created? Mm -hmm. If you see the native people or the indigenous people of every place are actually some of the most environmentally conscious people in the world. And that's why for thousands of years, I mean, the Sherpas could have climbed, the Nepali people could have climbed the Himalayas anytime. They have the, they are, see today even, and that's why if you see even in, by the way, even in my book, I speak that everyone talks about these great mountaineers from Europe and US who are climbing these mountains. Don't forget the Sherpas do that even without, uh, why the Sherpa, even the porter who's carrying your food is mm -hmm. doing that even without a huff and a puff. They are the real heroes. The Sherpas, mm -hmm. the porters, you know, the guys who are making your, the cooks. They are, you know, while the glory goes to these mountaineers who paid twenty, thirty thousand dollars to climb these mountains, but the real heroes are these guys who are, and they could have climbed, but they were so environmentally conscious you know, throughout history that they knew the damage that it would cause to the fragile ecosystem of the mountain by excessive mountaineering. Of course, now commercial reasons also do come in. So they are some of the most environmentally conscious people. Similarly, if you see villagers in India or even villagers in uh, the countries of Africa. They're very conscious, and, and that's why even if you see the story on Memoirs of a Dictator, mm -hmm. uh, or even in the story on uh, uh, Man with the Beard, which is about mm -hmm. a banana cooperative in Colombia, and about, yes. of course, it has, a, again, a strong anti-colonial theme, and a story about social welfare and idealism versus practicality. Mm -hmm. But, again, very strong themes on environment, indigenous people's issues, and these are things which I believe very strongly on. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. as, I, as I shared with you, if you see the anti-colonial team is strong, you know, mm -hmm. I, I do believe that uh, we should, you know, I, I do believe that exploitation of any people is wrong. And I think mm -hmm. uh, so stuff, uh, colonialism and its, out, you know, and, and its uh, other outputs such as indentured labor or, you know, slavery, mm -hmm. which came out of it. So, mm -hmm. so again, there's a strong theme about that. There's a strong theme on environmental protection. You know, if you see, that's a very strong theme mm -hmm. on that. Uh, and climate, and of course, which relates to climate change. There's a very strong theme on native and indigenous people. And let's say, and again, on that, there's a strong theme on racial justice, which comes in, say, ancient holder. There's also very strong female characters. As you know, 
uh, you know the character of Maria in mm-hmm. the shepherd or the character of Dolly in uh, the broken nightingale or the or the character of if you as you as you very nicely said mm-hmm. Sumulu's mother yes. in uh, uh, the uh, memoirs of a dictator mm-hmm. or the daughter of the acts of Batanabe's daughter yeah. in Sakura in uh, mm-hmm. the so there is a very there are very strong female characters and mm-hmm. I guess that is also a byproduct of the fact that uh, you know I mean I've been raised by very strong women you know my mother mm-hmm. my grandmothers you know mm-hmm. so and, uh, and I always joke that when I went to boarding school. Uh, there was something about women's empowerment. So I was very confused when I went to that uh, event because I didn't realize till that day that, you know, I was, I, I was uh, because I always felt that women were empowered. In our yes. house, it was the males who were not empowered, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I always came from a, you know, from a family of very strong women. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I, when I realized, of course, when I, it's a, I always joke about that, that mm-hmm. for me, it became, because, you know, my, even my grandmother was a very progressive, both my grandmothers, very progressive, very, Focused on education, very you know, uh, uh, you know. I mean, one of my one of my grandmothers is from Goa, so she even fought for uh, uh, the independence liberation? in '61. Liberation okay. in '61. Wow. She was very. Both of them were involved, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. of course, there was a schism in the family because my grandmother wanted Goa to be its own state, and my grandfather wanted Goa to be a part of Maharashtra. As you know, there was a plebiscite in Goa, uh-huh. and yes. they chose to be its own state. But so your grandmother uh, won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I guess yeah. yeah. But uh, so, no, coming back to uh, this, so I think these themes do reflect strongly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, also another theme of, say, equality of all, and, you know, um, so I think that, that both racial, religious, and mm-hmm. even gender equality is a very strong theme, which, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, which, so, I mean, you're right, these are a reflection of what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me, is your book too idealistic? Mm-hmm. And I said, maybe, yes, maybe it is very idealistic. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is, very, but... Someone has to be the flag bearer of idealism Absolutely. in today's world. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I may, I try to be, I, I am practical in work, in mm-hmm. business, you mm-hmm. have to be mm-hmm. practical. Mm-hmm. But if in your personal life and in your, in let's say in your philosophical mm-hmm. life, if you start becoming practical, mm-hmm. then who will be the flag bearer of idealism? Mm-hmm. If everyone is practical, who will inspire us to a higher ideal? I'm not saying mm-hmm. I am inspirational or I can, but at least if I can put the thought out there, maybe I can inspire other leaders who can, mm-hmm. you know, be the flag bearers of idealism. And I mean, I, and let's be honest, idealism is why we move forward. If idealism didn't exist, there would still be slavery in the world. Mm. You know, if idealism didn't exist, we would still be, you know, women would still not be allowed to vote. If mm. idealism didn't exist, we would still be living in an era wherein there would be you know, no rights for uh, uh, people of, uh, you know, uh, for gays or lesbians, for LGBT, the LGBTQ mm. community, right? Mm. That, because idealism pushed the anvil forward is the reason why all of these reforms have happened. And someone has to be the idealist, if you ask me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, it's not just uh, uh, idealism uh, in, in, is, is something which is abstract. In fact, as you mentioned, that it translates into something very concrete. Um, in fact, uh, not just entrepreneurship, in businesses, etc. a lot of efforts are now being focused towards social entrepreneurship, which is having a sense of entrepreneurship, which is really having its implications on the society, environment, etc. So uh, I think we are moving towards that direction. And your uh, book is just one of the uh, best steps that is, uh, you know, uh, hinting towards, uh, indicating towards that step. So thank you very much for that. 
thank you so much. Uh, thank you, sir. So I would like to. Uh, this uh, this is just a curious question that uh, all the uh, all the geographies that you have spanned in your book. Have you, uh, of course, research has gone into it, but have you also visited in person? Uh, all these areas you say you have visited a lot of countries in africa um, so i get that but how about uh, the others uh, so so for, uh, yes i have been to colombia so cartagena i have been to mm -hmm. but i have not been to the magdalena provinces where the uh, action shifts to so mm -hmm. there is a bit of reality and fiction there okay. similarly i have been to georgia the state of mm -hmm. georgia or mm -hmm. in la but uh, but again, not for example, it goes to Macon County, etc. So mm -hmm. a lot of the so yes and no is the answer to your question. Okay. So okay. for example, I have not had the pleasure of going to Bangladesh, where the story mm -hmm. with the broken nightingale mm -hmm. starts. Or uh, again, there are two fictional countries, right? In the in, there is the yes. country of Al Qasiriya, where mm -hmm. uh, the Rainbow Prince is based mm -hmm. in the Arab world, and there is Swaganda in Sub-Saharan Africa. Now Africa. these are both an amalgamation of several countries. You know, I've taken <laughs> four five countries and taken the part of Zambia, some of Mozambique, mm -hmm. you know, and mixed mm -hmm. it up into, mm -hmm. but again, I've been to, mm -hmm. to them. So okay. look, actually I've been to most of the countries mm -hmm. which are, which are in the, but maybe not the ex exact, for example, I've not been to the Kanchenjunga. I've always wanted mm -hmm. to go oh, wow. and uh, to, from either the, mm -hmm. from either the Sikkim side or from uh, the Nepali side. side. And, mm -hmm. uh, but hopefully one day I would have the pleasure of going there. Absolutely. Yes. And the avid traveler that you are definitely yeah, you, yeah, sh you yeah. should visit. Uh, thank you so much for that. Yes. So, uh, you know, with a fascinating response from the readers of your book and the brilliant reviews uh, on numerous platforms that are coming up, have you received any constructive criticism, maybe from family or from close friends, which you agree with and which you are also thinking of inco incorporating it in your next books? You know, uh, so... I think uh, the way the stories are structured, each one has a different story, which is their favorite, you know? Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, the last story, The Shepherd, mm -hmm. it's, I, I'll be honest with you, it's not one of my favorites. It's, just, it's a good story. I, yes. I mean, I would, and again, and it's not one of my, but let's say my wife or my mother, and I've, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a rom it's a romantic story, mm -hmm. okay? I mean, mm -hmm. so, uh, and it's one of those like unrequited romance. They all love it. So all the <laughs> female readers female. really love it. And, uh, and to be honest, you know, in terms of criticism, I am my own worst critic. So I try not to read my book again because I can think of hundred ways I can make it better. You know, I mm -hmm. find like, okay, so I, I, every, I mean, even now when I was reading that passage, mm -hmm. there were like two, three things I was like, oh my God, I, mean, I should have changed this, should have done that. So I am very, very critical on myself. But in terms of external, I've had, as you said, I've had a lot of good reviews. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and as you know, we were, launched at the Jaipur Lit Fest this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were also at several literature festivals, Kalika mm -hmm. Lit Fest, uh, also at the, we did an event with college students. So we've been doing mm -hmm. several uh, uh, events this year. But I think one, a couple of criticisms is of course, some people said, why short stories? You know, why not novels? Mm -hmm. But that was of course a conscious decision. Mm -hmm. uh, others also said that, in, I mean, I, I had both, some people praised the language Others said mm -hmm. that maybe the language is a bit too, uh, I mean, for want of a better word, hi-fi, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. you have maybe simplified some of the language is what was one feedback. Uh, thirdly, also, they said that some people like the diversity of characters, the diversity mm -hmm. of cultures. Others said maybe it would have been better for it to have a uniform link theme, you know, because mm -hmm. maybe some, they thought maybe it's too spread out, you know, in, in that sense. That was another, uh, and fair enough, I mean, I think, 
you know to be honest sometimes i find mm-hmm. criticism more genuine than praise mm-hmm. you know because uh, i and 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 i think it's important to have critics because mm-hmm. they keep you sharp so you know i i always say that you, whatever you do as a by is in life mm-hmm. is you are a by product of your supporters but also your detractors mm-hmm. your supporters drive you up but if you did not have detractors you would not have the sharpness that you have while going up you know yeah, uh, so yeah. i think uh, i'm very happy to, and of course even if you have any criticism or any you know any uh, constructive mm-hmm. feedback please do share mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i think that is the way i can only get better so actually sure. to be honest really like constructive feedback or even any critical comments because yes. that is something which i'm a big you know for me it's very important to receive that absolutely absolutely yeah. certainly and this um, this leads one towards self reflection you know you, you, of course you don't need to be too harsh upon yourself uh, that okay this uh, this could have been made better or written better etc but uh, self reflection if uh, is the first step towards you know rectifying but definitely um, i mean so far as i have read uh, throughout and those who are pointing out towards uh, the 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 challenges as to the thematic thematic challenges that uh, they are pointing out that there should be a theme which should be common across all the stories but i find um, if i have to respond to it i believe that there is a common theme of humanity of uh, uh, retrospection of uh, wanting to do good etc so i feel that uh, it needs to be wonderfully read read deeply and then we should really come to our our you know our um, express expressions of our analysis so that's sure. what i had i have to say and so finally i'll just wrap up it's been an hour fascinating talking to you and knowing about your experiences uh, you know in that made this book what it is at uh, at the end of the day so what is the message that you would give to your readers and how can this provide the opportunity to reflect retrospect and be good to one another at personal level at social level and even at political level uh i think uh, firstly one message that i would like to give uh, to uh, all my readers is that uh, you know these are tough times you know there are tough times for some on the on the health front there are tough times for others on the economic front there are tough times for a lot of people on the personal front you know in terms of losing a loved one or you know a loved one being sick or just uncertainty you know i mean humans love certainty but life is so uncertain so i think few things one is that you know keep a positive attitude no matter how difficult the situation is i know it's very tough to keep a positive attitude but that will only be the thing that brings us out of the current uh, uh, you know situation second is you know look inward and introspect you know uh, we spend as i keep saying we spend our entire life looking outwards it's important to look inwards and also introspect thirdly also focus on internal goals as opposed to only external goals so instead of always chasing for that new job or that big job or that big money maybe also focus on i want to be so strong mentally that i can overcome any situation that i that i you know that the universe throws at me or i want to be so positive that no matter what the situation is i will always overcome it with positivity so i think that's one second is you know don't lose hope i think while the situation today is difficult tomorrow will definitely be better one thing which uh, life has taught us is there is always day after night there is always after a flood 
there is always i mean after after a storm there is always sunshine so things while things will definitely get better and uh, most importantly i think uh, another theme which you know is some of the themes in terms of let's say if if we can percolate them into our lives in terms of conservation of the environment in terms of uh, you know for every you know just if we can make incremental changes small incremental changes every day you know on the environment in terms of using less water using less electricity recycling you know reducing consumption if we can make small incremental changes each of us you know we ourselves are 1.3 billion 1.35 billion you know in india if 1.35 billion people make a change imagine what that impact will that will have of course if americans make a change the impact will be even higher because they consume so much so i think if we can do that we can really work towards because we have one planet you know at the end of the day to, today if you don't like your apartment you can sell it and move somewhere else if you want to today you know people say ke are share mein covid aa gaya gaon chalte hain but global warming aa gaya planet mein you know problem aa gaya to kidhar chalenge so where will we go if there's a there's a problem on our planet so it's very important we cannot go to the moon we cannot go to and you know today we have a huge oxygen crisis in delhi but the oxygen crisis on mars is even worse or in or on the moon there is no oxygen you know in these places so let us think about that and you know let us also use this opportunity to realize that uh, the world is facing a serious climate crisis and we really need to each of us have to make even you know, similarly with covid if each of us wear a mask each of us you know take small precautions you know at least till each of us get vaccinated each of us wear a mask and we you know we each of us avoid very large gatherings we can actually protect society as a whole similarly if each of us decide to be more environmentally conscious and focus towards doing something towards climate change we can actually protect our planet as a whole so i think that is very important for us to do and uh, so yeah those were the themes which i would like to you know take it out of uh, the book and this conversation yes thank you so much uh, it was uh, amazing and fascinating talking to you uh, mr amia thank you for um, uh, you know uh, sharing your thoughts and discussing your book and uh, it was also wonderful knowing you as a person you know sharing your vibrations of positivity light and kindness and humanity with the world and the ecosystem it really means a lot um, for everybody who would be hearing us later on youtube and facebook and all others and all others who would be reading your book so thank you so much for your time and may the book attain greater readership and hope that it stirs up the consciousness uh, to be good to not just others but to be good to oneself and um, so with this uh, i would like to propose the formal vote of thanks um thank you very much uh, to mr amia prabhu uh, and uh, westland publishers uh, rashi thank you so much for uh, helping coordinate this uh, wonderful pan wonderful book discussion and uh, our director dr arjun kumar assistant director uh, ritika and all of us and all of you who were um, part of it and who will be watching it uh, later over uh, different channels and platforms So thank you so much. I wish you all a very good evening, and please stay safe. Thank you. Thank you so Bye -bye. much, and thank Bye. you for having me, everyone. Thank you. Fascinating having you. Take care.